Esme, since you read the scroll, you realize that uh, part of the uh, casting of the spell is that she has to ritually throw herself on this sundial. She has to actually do this, because she has already done it, so it has to happen. But, if I save her and drag her out of the house during a reset period, then it can both be done and not done, and maybe it will break the spell, I guess. The midnight hour approaches. She flings herself onto the sundial. Uh, The talon bursts through uh, her back as she plunges on it, and she gasps one last time. I'll see you soon, Penny. You see your severed arm lift up off the ground and come flying towards you. You reach out to try to catch it, and it evades your grasp and slams into your forearm, and you feel it slowly reattaching itself as time flows backwards. You feel some resistance, but then there's a ripple and you're able to pull her out. So it's been a couple of months since the last incident. We'll say it is now middle of January of the current year. It is a Tuesday morning. What do you normally do at Tuesday on a at ten o'clock? Well, Cindy goes to work, I assume. Yeah. So what are you doing at work this particular day at this particular time? January, you know, so we've been uh, probably not, haven't been road testing anything in a while. So uh, at this point, I might be, uh, you know, sitting down with uh, an engineer and uh, looking over some of the sensor data to see, you know, what are some anomalies that we might be able to correct for, uh, you know, maybe looking at uh, some simulated performance for the the self-driving vehicles. You know, maybe we we load the, the program onto a, a robotic car and let it drive around the virtual city, see what uh, types of issues it, it's still having. Okay, so you're doing all of this with Frank then? Um, yeah, let's say with Frank. Yeah, things have been a little, you know, rough between you two over the past couple of months. You know, he's a little sore on his last evaluation that he had. He, uh, he got a little black mark on it. So, uh, and somehow, like, he just feels that you and him, like, things are just a little tense between you two at work. But you're still able to get along all right. Um, okay, well, what about you, Esme? What are you doing? Um, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. I am... I- either at work doing doctory things or if i am not on that day then i will be hitting the gym where i don't actually exercise i just go to the juice bar sure so which one of those things are you actually doing uh today i'm at the juice bar why not you're at the juice bar okay is anyone with you or are you just here by yourself or there is not a single soul in this gymnasium the lights are off and it is abandoned there's dust covering well, every surface no like, one has been have, here in years do you have your husband <laughs> with you is uh do you have your friend uh here with you or uh no did it's, you just go work out by yourself I, i'm just working out by myself it's me time but she just okay. said she's not working out <laughs> i tell people i'm working out at the juice bar at a juice bar that, if I heard her right, she said no one's been at for years. So that juice must be pretty rank. Um, it's, wine it's no longer at a juice point. bar. It's now. <laughs> 
Okay. Now, it, like, there are other people at this gym and probably, you know, the people working at the juice bar and there may be a few other people drinking their terrifying green sludge as well, but no one I know is here. Okay. You wouldn't associate with these people. I really wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Except so... by a text message. <laughs> <laughs> So, Cindy, you and Frank are going over the data that your computer simulation has started compiling for you. And as you're in the middle of talking to Frank about some anomalous data point, you just start screaming and screaming. And Frank just looks at you taken aback and like, and he's like, Cindy, Cindy, what's wrong? Like, he looks really scared and you're just screaming and screaming. And then you just stop. Uh, Esme, you are at the juice bar here in this gym. And as you're lifting up your kale and berry smoothie, you <laughs> just start splutter. It splutters out and hits one of your fellow uh, people sitting here at the juice bar with you. As you're just like suddenly screaming, like your eyes are wide and you can't let go of this glass. You're just gripping it so tight that it starts cracking as you scream and scream and everyone's just like looking at you shocked and then you just stop was i make sand checks were we in pain or was it just random screaming john uh got an 11 out of 44 and oh no oh that's a very bad 95 (laughs) of 56 so so cindy loses one sandy as may you lose a d6 so whatever caused this terror that seized you both is swiftly fading from your memory like a nightmare. So, Cindy, you have Frank acting really concerned about you. Uh, what, what do you do? So I, I realized I was screaming, but I don't know why I was screaming. N- yeah, you don't remember what caused you to start screaming. You could try it to remember if you wanted, but it feels like that would be a bad idea. Hmm. Um, that was... So this is this is as Cindy. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what happened? Are, are you okay? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um... So. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, uh, make a charisma test. Yeah. Okay, okay, so... I passed that, a 24 uh, against a 50. Okay, so he's like, uh, do, do you need a moment? Or, like, like it, it seems like... Uh- He's concerned about you, but he's not, like... No, uh, I, I just, you know, I just realized I I didn't get my dry cleaning last night. They close <laughs> early on Friday, on Tuesdays, so I'm going to have to wait until Thursday because I've got Zumba. It's a whole thing. It's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, you know what? Let me let me go get a, get a glass of water. So then I, I leave him for a minute to sort of try and put myself back together. All right. Uh, make a persuade test as well. What's the charisma for then? The charisma was to make sure that he you're you keeping committed. it together with Frank. Well, my persuasion's not very good, Jeremy. Okay. Well, think <laughs> of it as a way to maybe improve your persuade if you don't. 
my, my, I, I fail that. I roll a okay. 71 against a 21. So give yourself a check mark. Uh, uh, like, Frank laughs a little bit, but he still looks pretty concerned and a little miffed that you just lied to him about whatever had just happened. Um, okay, uh, Esme, what are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm going to take a few seconds and make sure that I'm not, you know, dying at the moment um, and take some, some deep breaths. One of the trainers like runs up to you and like puts his hand near you and says, "Are, are you okay? Do you do you need me to call an ambulance?" Um, no, on the ambulance. Thank you. Um, it, it's it's you know what it is. It's my sciatica. I stepped wrong. Uh, I am gonna go to the doctor, but I don't need an ambulance. I'm just going to call an Uber, if you will. Please excuse me. Yeah, you're able to extract yourself from that situation. What are you gonna do now? Leave. I'm going. To to leave i'm going to go right. home and i'm going to lie down in a dark room i just lost a sanity point i am not okay <laughs> yeah no you're not you about like an hour later you're both like shaking the lingering thoughts of this oh did either of you want to try to pursue trying to remember what happened that there or do you just want to let that go into the vault that's in the vault that is that is locked away what about you cindy um, I think she'd want to know. Okay. But what what I'm what would I have to roll for that? <laughs> uh, you don't have to roll for that. You're gonna have to roll for the result for what it does to you. You walk away from Frank and you go into the bathroom to try and catch your breath and calm yourself down. And uh, as you're standing there staring into the mirror, just trying to like zone out, you recall a bone jarring sound, like pulsing thunder that shook you all the way down to your very molecules uh go ahead and make another sanity check i'm so nice. good there you go I roll a all three right. against a 43 yeah you just kind of shake it off and think of it as some like half vague weird memory uh but about an hour later hold on hold on just a second yeah so so when i tried to remember what caused me to scream i remembered a bone crunching sound no, like a bone jarring sound, bone. like it, it kind of like you were at a concert and the volume was turned up so loud that it shattered you down to your very atoms. Hmm. You know how that happens. <laughs> That's that is the feeling of the memory that caused you to scream like this. So that happened about eleven o'clock. About an hour later, you both get a message on your burner phones. For uh, Cindy, it looks just like a a call from a loan company trying to sell you on an even you know better ridiculous interest rate for restructuring your credit and for cindy it's just a uh, text message a string of meaningless numbers except there is a meaning in what you both see there it's communicating to both of you the time and place of a meeting at three o'clock central time in the downtown chicago office building today um three o'clock today three o'clock today okay well, that's so you have four hours because of time change. Pretty impossible to get there because, I mean, they they aren't even taking into account rush hour. I feel because I mean, 
Take if me at least noon. an hour to get to the airport and maybe get on a plane. That flight's an hour. I've done it a billion times. And it takes at least an hour to get from uh, O'Hare to anywhere in the loop. Uh, so... Yeah, there's not not a lot of wiggle room here for me, and even less for uh, Esme. So what do you do? I feel that I've got a good excuse to get out of this day at work. So I guess I'll try and make it. All right. What about you, Esme? Hang on, I'm Googling. Uh, It takes about a two-hour flight from Charlotte to Chicago. Okay, sure, I guess. I'm going to text my husband and let him know that I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Yes. (laughs) Two o'clock flight. That would have to be the one I'd have to take, I guess. No, but that doesn't get me there in time. That gets me there with 15 minutes to spare. So we're not gonna go by actual... uh... Jeremy... If we're talking about real places and you're giving us real time limits here, I gotta see if it's practical to actually get there. Remember, this is on a Tuesday and this is Friday. Yeah. So the flight you know what? schedules are different. Yeah, you, you don't think I know that? I'm looking at Tuesday. Looking at this upcoming Tuesday. What do we got here? Uh, <laughs> oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll have to catch this 11. You, what time did you say it was? 11? Uh, it is noon o'clock uh, Eastern time. Yeah, I I physically can't get there by 3. You can you can get there by 3 o'clock. It, I it can't is... though, Jeremy. In this magical tapestry of a world that you've created, I can't actually get there. So I mean, you could, but you're going to have to charter a plane. Yeah, because I could get to Midway by... By 225 <laughs> what if i uh hijacked a plane would that be better would it be better um, it, this was a joke haha ha. <laughs> um i don't know maybe i'll just pretend like jeremy suggested that time is meaningless and i can get there what, what's your official occupation Cindy? Mine? Yeah. You've got that you're a scientist. Yep, data scientist. Okay, so you're probably not in a particularly wealthy. Paying for the unusual expense of having to charter your own plane is going to reduce one of your non-Delta Green bonds by one. Okay. Uh, Can you explain to me how that makes... Like, what the mechanism for that is? You're spending more money than you have, and it's affecting your relationships with this person that you're losing. Well, definitely the barman, Chris. He's going to be disappointed, (laughs) because I'm not going to go to the bar for a month. I've been trying to lose bonds with this guy for the whole game. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to reduce that bond by one? Yep. Okay, done. Esme, it sounds like your plane schedule is a little bit more uh, lenient. You don't have to charter your own plane, but you do have to make a int times five or accounting test, your choice, to see if your agent has enough free cash or credit available. If you are in a wealthy uh, occupation, which you are because you're a doctor, uh, you can add a plus 20 bonus to the test. Alright, so you Uh, got a plus, you got a plus 20 bonus to it, but that's still a failure. still doesn't, So, So you don't have quite enough cash, so you're gonna have to... Yeah, I am a doctor, but we spend everything that we get anyways, so we don't don't have Uh, savings. So so you will also have to reduce one of your bonds by one. The, The one I would like to reduce is my colleague, because that has the most points in it, but I don't see... I mean, I guess I could try to bum some money off of her? I think or it's more likely... You and, you and her were saving up to go on a joint trip, and you just take that vacation fund. I will do that, yes. 
What, what was this okay. trip going to be like, Esme? Uh, we were going to go to Hawaii and just have this very nice, you know, relaxing, lay on the beach, get skin cancer, drink way too much, probably destroy our livers, and maybe pick up a parasite or two. Um, just that a all super relaxing week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that, that's going to happen not at all, because I'm spending it to go to Chicago, and I will never tell her why it happened. Scrambling and scrounging up your money, you are both able to make it to Chicago. Y'all make it to Chicago, and you gather uh, in this meeting room in this nondescript office building. There is a woman here. Y'all haven't met her before. Neither of you have ever met this woman before. So she is a uh, middle-aged Chinese-American woman. Uh, her name badge identifies her as Inspector Hua. She dresses very conservatively. She has a pantsuit on. Um, uh, when you enter, she looks up at you two and kind of like nods her head and stands up and comes over and introduces herself. Uh, uh, hello, uh, I'm I'm Inspector Hua. Um, and and you are? Oh, I'm uh, I'm. Cindy. Are we agent. using our real names? Are we using our real names? <laughs> a- I don't know, are you? Uh, yeah, I say Cindy. I'm going to give Cindy a little bit of a side eye and introduce myself as Kim. So so are we meeting you? Did you send us this message? No, no, I, I got called in as well. She looks, you know, a little nervously and says, so are, are you part of the group? Uh, I mean, I'm guessing. I'm guessing we're I'm all part of several groups. All mar- part of the group. Yeah. You uh, you play Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> she gives you a toothy grin and shows you her cell phone, and she's just caught a Charizard. You, you caught one. Wow. I yeah, I've never seen. I've not not really seen them too much. Well, they were doing uh, that promotion for Detective Pikachu. Yeah, but so I did catch one then. But uh, wow, that's that's really cool. Can I can I see it? Yeah. Uh, she she is showing you her phone. Yeah. So 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 I'm uh, I'm trying to see if I can take the phone from her. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for that. Um. Wow. Cool. I I pull up uh Cindy's phone and. Uh, She's got a, a cadabra walking walking along with her on the um, map as a buddy. It's like, yeah, you know, you know, because of our group, you know, there's all kinds of uh, psychological trauma, right? So I like to have some psychic Pokemon around to help me out. If you know what I mean. She just kind of cocks her head to the side and says, "What?" Uh huh. Okay. What's the the group that you're uh, you're here for? Um, you know. Yeah, I might group. not though. The group. Yeah, but I might not know. What's I don't know. How would we how do we identify each other, Jeremy? I'm not sure I I uh, um come up in the past. So, you're used to referring to things as Delta Green. Yeah. Um between you and Agent uh, Karen and yeah. Agent Kim, but like the only other people you've really interacted before that were part of Delta Green were the uh, very r- reticent or maybe recalcitrant, whichever word, agents that you met in the middle of the woods a couple of times now who were just a barrel full of laughs oh yeah they were fun they love to goof the door opens and a graying middle-aged and limping uh woman walks in and she looks at the three of you and says ah thank you agents for coming on such short notice 
I'm Eve Carpenter. Please, please sit down. Uh, we don't have very much time, and we have a lot to go over. You have also never met this woman before. Agent Christopher, Agent Kim, Inspector Hua, thank you for, for coming. You will be going to the Olympian Hollow Beam Array. Um, it's a new high-tech physics lab in the suburbs, uh, not very far from Fermilab, run by a handful of academics from MIT and the University of Chicago. It's funded by the U.S. Department of Energy's Office of Science, and she kind of nods at Inspector Hua there, and you both notice that on her badge it says, you know, Department of Energy, DOE on there. It's also funded by a private consortium of donors and venture capital firms, uh, most notably Olympian Advances Incorporated. And let me share some things with you guys. What's the name of the lady we're talking to right now? Uh, her name's Eve Carpenter, is what she introduced herself to you as. Um, she is also conservatively dressed in a dark pantsuit. So, so for those of you at home, let me say the hollow beam organization's got a couple of layers here in the org chart, um, and none of which have this lady on it, Eve, I think her name was. So we got a director with three departments, research, engineering, and support, and uh, research and engineering both have two people. Support has a couple of sub-departments, including IT, security, and janitorial. And there's people's names under there, you can go ahead and read them. We've got the director, which is J -J -J Jamie Campbell, PhD. Research, we've got another couple of PhDs, Helen Klinger, Philip Black. Engineering, we've got one PhD, Ishii Takagawa, and uh, another person who does not appear to have a PhD, Evan Kozak. Then under support, we've got one person under IT, Jingfei Huang, um, Sang. And uh, security, we've got Henry Gonzalez, Karen Henson, Joe Sherry, Herbert Pimlet, and under janitor, we have Maria Suarez. The uh, and This is the Olympian hollow beam array, which is uh, underneath in the org chart here, Olympian Advances Incorporated, DOE, Department of Energy, DOD, Department of Defense, et al. Now, et al. means and the rest. Of course, you know, I don't know what and the rest is. Eve Carpenter, uh, after passing this little file folder to you guys, uh, says that the Array's website says it's built to study the theory that space itself is a sort of three-dimensional hologram cast on a two-dimensional surface. Okay, um, and senators approved that? Uh, yes. So, so the program uh, has determined that the array secretly uses technology derived from Air Force research programs defunded years ago. Uh, the Air Force projects were too dangerous to continue and were terminated, but during that process certain elements were reclassified, privatized, and sold to some of the same donors who sponsor the array. Um, we have an interest in that technology. Uh, at 10 o'clock today, the array went online for the first time. Uh, the history of the Array's technology and certain other anomalies indicate an incursion of unnatural forces at the Olympian Holobeam Array. I need you to go to the Array isolate it by shutting down its communications from the outside world, including cell phones, and stop the incursion. So Cindy and Esme had not, did not have a time to, to talk before coming here, would that be right? That would be correct. Hmm. 
I sort of like perk up and look over at Esme when he mentioned when she mentioned ten o'clock. Esme, would you give me any signal back? Although I guess we didn't get the feeling until eleven, right? So ten. Yeah. This would have been. It came online at ten o'clock Central Time, and um, y'all experienced that at eleven o'clock 11 Eastern Easter. Time. So I, I look over at Esme when when that is mentioned. Uh, Esme, do you shoot me any shots with your eyeballs? Um. I, I probably glance over at you, yeah. I nod. <laughs> I also nod. All right. Okay, cool. Now now we've communicated everything we need. <laughs> so we, we need to stop this thing. Um, why, what makes you think that it needs to be stopped? The direction from higher up is that because of the, te- the history of the technology and certain other anomalies, there's an indication that there's an incursion of unnatural forces. And what in the, just as a follow-up, um, what in the world makes you think that we are going to be able to do this? <laughs> I mean, I'll give it a shot. uh, My direction was to get with you guys. Y'all were the agents tasked with this. So all of the better qualified agents are dead. Cool. That's fun to know. So what uh, what support are we gonna get from from you or from uh, DG? She just kind of looks at you and says, uh, "The program has given you uh, clearance under the cover of an inspection team from the Department of Energy, tasked with reviewing the site and its records for wrongdoing. There may be specific documents or pieces of technology in the facility that the clearance does not cover. You will have to make do." And she passed both of you two pack it with some fake credentials in it. Tabitha, what is Esme's new name under this? Uh... Tanya Jones. Go ahead and update your sheet. Ta- uh, and this is all DOE. Uh, uh, so this is Tanya Jones of the DOE. And uh, who do you have, Cindy? Uh, Louise Stevenson. Louise Stevenson of the DOE. All right. So as you're uh, looking at your new credentials, she says, uh, these were constructed in a hurry uh, and won't stand up to sustained investigation. Um, the program has pulled strings in the DOE to classify this investigation as Operation Observer Effect uh, so that no real DOE agent can come near it without risking prison, let alone police or private citizens. Only you three. Uh, if there is an emergency at the site that attracts first responders, there's no telling whether or not they will uh, obey that restriction. Uh, we also have an unmarked DOE-issued sedan and an unmarked DOE-issued cargo van. No matter what you take, I would definitely take a look inside the car trunk. Um, and she gives... Uh, both of you roll a D100. So I rolled a 21, Tabitha rolled an 8, and Jeremy rolled an 84. Right, so Esme, she gives you a burner phone. And, but I already uh, have one that- of these. Uh, she gives this to you, and she says you can use this to contact me if necessary. There is only one uh, phone number programmed into it. Uh, destroy this phone games? after the operation, she says. Can I play Fortnite on this? No. <laughs> what about pizza? Can we? I didn't. I skipped lunch. Can we get some pizza? I hear Chicago pizza is good. <laughs> I don't know if you have time for that, but uh, well, well, no, we'll say that it's three o'clock. There could be pizza here. Maybe there is pizza sitting in the room for you. <laughs> Uh, ins- Inspector Hua brought pizza with her. Oh, it thanks. is I- pizza time. It is 
Uh, oh god damn. Okay. Uh, the sauce is the sauce is tzatziki. Uh, the crust the crust is a wood fired Neapolitan crust. Good. The toppings are ricotta, feta, red peppers, roasted mushrooms, sauerkraut, pepperoncini, salmon, and crab. So, so you, you had me to begin with, and then uh, oh. salmon and crab, not so sure. But tzatziki with all that other stuff could be okay. Uh, you, if you oh. eat this pizza, you're an old soul with an appreciation for the craft of making things. Mm. Others often use you to improve their lives in a refreshing and healthy way. But you're also twice-baked, scattered, fresh, opportunistic, nasty, full of spice and vinegar, a health nut, and often cranky. It has sauerkraut so, on it. So are we are we to, to, to see uh, the other, uh, the inspector as having these characteristics? Let's see what the second pizza she brought is. Oh, it's Christ a gr- on a cracker. It's a, it's a gluten-free crust with red sauce, feta, parmesan, cilantro, cashews, and salmon. Oh, no. <laughs> Why cashews and salmon? If you eat this pizza, you're some sort of left-wing liberal nutjob hippie. You have a one-track mind, but you are also scattered, gritty, the star of the show, frequent cho- frequently chosen over others, and a health nut. Okay. All right. Why are there cash? Is it just like a fistful of cilantro on top of it? Uh, no, it was scattered on there and baked with it. There are so many questions and no answer could ever suffice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this pizza has never been ordered. <laughs> Either of these pizzas. Not until Inspector Hua did so today. And I was so hungry that I ate several slices of both. Do y'all have any more questions for uh uh eve carpenter before you set out so so how are we supposed to to get out there we we're gonna take one of these uh the sedan in the van right yes and go are they expecting us well you have the cover of uh being an inspection team for the doe tasked with reviewing the site and its records for wrongdoing Hmm. okay i don't know if i've got any other questions what uh i mean because they just said we think because they used old technology that it's got ghosts in it or some shit (laughs) yeah the history of the technology and certain other anomalies indicate an incursion of unnatural forces can you can you tell us about the history um well it the technology comes from from some air force research programs that were defunded uh but the uh the projects were deemed to be too dangerous to continue and terminated but during the process certain elements were reclassified reclassified privatized and sold to some of the donors who sponsor the array of course they were that yeah, I mean, technology that's... has gained our interest. Right. So that's what you said before, too. Which yes. Is she going to tell us anything else if we ask the right question? Uh, that's that's as much as I know about what the technology is. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you didn't prepare for this session? It could be a red herring, <laughs> or uh, I mean, or a uh, oh, what's the term? Um, MacGuffin. A MacGuffin. I mean, she seems to have gotten this. Uh, like uh, from what she said, it sounds like she was not the person that. Uh, uh, like she is a middleman between you. Do and Do we have on anybody on the program. inside? 
No. So we're going to be on our own out there. Are the people out there expendable? Is uh, anyone expendable? That, uh, you, your number one task is to stop the incursion, whatever that is. And our last one is to, to save people. Um, Cindy, a word. Hmm? How about we don't go into this, assuming we're going to have to not save people? Well, Let's just I mean, do our they're best, sh- okay? They're showing us this org chart, and I'm just thinking, like, which one of these people do we got to knock out? I mean, why is that your first thought? If, if okay, there is unnatural your... technology in there, then you need to try to recover it. Well, yes, sure, but why Why are we going straight to how many of these people are we going to kill? We're simply allowed to because die. Because that's where Cindy always goes. Cindy I know, I'm worried. To... <laughs> I am worried about Cindy. I, I'm, I don't, this just seems like the obvious answer to several are of these types of problems. Are you seeing a therapist, Cindy? Because maybe the, you should. What, what is this lady telling us? This lady is telling us is that these people use some, like, old ancient, like, ghost technology and, like, they know that they're doing something bad. And Do they? they're not gonna listen to us. Do they? And we just have to shut them down because they're evil capitalists. No, That's wait, what I back hear. Back up? I didn't yeah. hear any of that. <laughs> I heard okay. that they are evil capitalists, they're never going to stop, and that we're okay. going to have to rip off their heads. Evil capitalist is an oxymoron. You're just repeating yourself. That is, I work in a business school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the... the <laughs> But but yes yes I I they are um, they bought up this technology <laughs> that's too dangerous but they're irresponsible so they're gonna open up a portal to hell to get free energy. By the way, that's the plot <laughs> of the Doom video game from like a few years ago. Literally, they open up a portal to hell for free energy. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, that's kind of the plot of Death Stranding too. Only it's not energy; it's the internet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Selling me on this this baby game. Uh, spoiler uh, for anyone who still wanted to play Death Stranding. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Jeremy, how how many months is it going to take you to edit this and put it up on the internet? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this one will probably be coming out in like late February, early March, maybe. So right. they've had plenty of time to play it. There you go. As yeah. long as it's still a PlayStation exclusive, though, I mean, <laughs> then no one's gonna play it. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so I guess maybe Cindy and I, are, or uh, Esme and I, are having this conversation. And I turned to Inspector Huo and I say, "Do you think we should plan on having to kill people?" Uh, she just has been staring at both of you talking about this, like wide-eyed, and said, "Are, are you okay?" No, my I mean, the my, answer is my generally name is. No. Cindy, I'm not saying we can't kill people. I'm saying that that shouldn't be the first plan. That should be, like, plan Q. I didn't okay? say it was my first plan. It I'm just planning ahead. Like, should we pick though. up some body bags here? How much Why lighter on... fluid should I bring with me? You know, like, regular... Just the normal amount of lighter fluid. Normal questions. Well, it's going to be hard for us to get this stuff when we get out there into the suburbs, right? How do you not always, you... always have lighter fluid on you? I always have some, but enough to burn up like a baby, not like several dozen people. <laughs> I'm just going to sit with that for a moment. 
and then roll right past it. If you pile them up and set them on fire, they will eventually catch and burn. I don't know. I think we should test that out at some point. I don't think we need to. The I wick don't effect think... is a well-established fact. No. If you get their bodies hot enough for their the wick effect, to melt, they will burn. I've got some episodes of Skeptoid for you. He definitely <laughs> says that the wick effect is not a real thing. Bur- bodies don't want to burn. They're all But then water. how do we make candles out of animal fat? Because it's just the fat. It's none of the blood and water. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, now that we're... <laughs> On this topic of conversation, do y'all have any other things that y'all want to talk to Carpenter about before you uh, she sends you on your way? Well, is there anything that she can say besides the script that you've read twice now? I mean, he can read it again. I mean, there could be if y'all ask her questions that she has answers to. Did you like say your right words? Uh, she has not touched the pizzas and is eyeing them skeptically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what a good question to a- ask would be. Do you have anything else, Meg? Do, do you know the nature of these eldritch phenomena? Are we talking tentacles coming out of walls, or rivers of blood, or portals? Um. I mean, the word anomaly just covers quite a lot. Yeah, she looks at you and says, I don't know. And you Very both helpful. can make, Thank you. Hum- you can both can make human checks. I cannot roll for I'm shit very, today. I'm very bad at human intelligence. I'm good at other regular intelligence. Other regular Let's intelligence. See. Let's see. So what's the rolls here? Click, click, click. So many clicks. We both did bad on that. Oh no, uh, yeah, we both did bad. Tabitha just I barely missed. Close, 36 no. out of 32. I got 73 out of 11, so real bad. Okay, and uh, Inspector Oha did not pass as well, but uh, everyone gets a check mark. I do want to point out, Jeremy, that you have pronounced this inspector's name four different separate ways. Pronounced it as Hua every time. Okay, I'm going to keep counting, though. You can check the tape. Oh, I think one of those was Jonathan, actually. Yeah, we do sound yeah. alike. And, you know, wh- how would you be able to tell us apart, honestly? <laughs> wow, way to be racist, Jonathan. Every kush sounds alike. Hey, oh, I was... <laughs> Just because it's true doesn't mean it's racist, Jeremy. Right, right. <laughs> so, earlier today, I had, like, something weird happened, and my mind broke, and then I forgot what it was that made my mind break and it was around the same time you said this place went online so i'm assuming that there's a relationship right um it could be i don't know but did that happen to anybody run, else i can run it up the chain for advice uh did Inspector that happen to you? has gone like pale and a little sweaty when you say that um actually uh yeah she's she's looking a little nervous but says uh, yeah, that happened. Um, both of you should make Sandy checks as well. Why? I just remembered it. I already... This is my, my, my third Sandy check against this one incident. No, this is a different in- incident. It's realizing that this happened to you and this stranger. Well, I failed this one, Jeremy. Okay, so you lose one Sandy. Great. Okay. I, I uh, 82 out of 43 on that. Yeah. What about you, Esme? Ah, oh, son of a bitch! 60 out, right. of, out of 55. Alright, so that's one sanity. Yay! Just a little roll call off. Uh, what's everyone's uh, sanity sitting at? 42. And your breaking point? I'm at 48 for my breaking point. Uh, yeah, I, I'm at 42 and my breaking point is 36. 
So you're both six points away from hitting your breaking point. Good times. All right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, as you're talking about that, Carpenter's cell phone goes off, and she looks and says, excuse me, and picks it up, and she listens for a moment and hangs up. Listen, uh, there was an unexpected power surge at the array that shut down its power uh, just a few minutes ago. I don't know how or why, but y'all should get going. Oh. Okay. She goes over the standing orders with you guys as well. So, Cindy, why don't you read the standing orders off for everyone? First priority, stop the incursion. Gather intelligence on site to ascertain the nature of the incursion and the best means of stopping it. Second priority, obscure the incursion. Minimize awareness. Prevent anyone else from being exposed to the threats or learning about the threat. Develop a plan to explain it away in a mundane manner. Third priority, obscure your own involvement. Leave no evidence behind. Do not reveal our existence under any circumstance. Fourth priority, secure advanced technology. If it's weird and doesn't violate the other priorities, bring it in. Fifth priority, save lives, as many as possible. Sixth priority, catch, gotta catch them. You two and Inspector Hua go to the parking deck and you find the, the DOE-issued vehicles. Inside the car trunk, you find three service pistols. They're 40 caliber semi-automatic with three extra magazines each issued with the licenses in the names of your cover identities. I turn to Esme and say, see, I think that they are thinking we're having to kill people. <laughs> Uh, there's also two handheld Geiger counters. Dibs. I grab one. Uh, there is also a medical bag with an electronic personal dosimeter, a first aid kit, and medicines for radiation poisoning. Uh, there's potassium iodide, Prussian blue capsules, DTPA with IV bags, and nebulizer. Uh, Filgrastim? Filgrastim? With syringes? I'm gonna go ahead and grab that bag. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Inspector Hua has her own bag full of goodies as well. It She'll take one of the pistols, but looks at it like she has absolutely no idea what she needs to do with it. I'm going to take that away from her, because people who do not know how to use guns are more dangerous. She knows how to use it, but she she's looking at it with, like, she really hopes she doesn't have to use it. Okay. So I, I turn to, to the inspector and I say, ah, so uh, do we have you to thank for the vehicles and this equipment? I mean, they're from the DOE. I wasn't involved in getting them together, though. Uh, this is kind of my first uh, my first uh, foray into this sort of thing. So I'm, uh, I, yeah, I'm not looking. I, 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 I want to get this done and go home. To your, uh, to your four kids, right? Uh, what? No, I, uh, well, Cindy, how, how did you know? <laughs> how do you know my four kids? <laughs> uh, I haven't, no, no, you just uploaded the character street, so yeah. we can see those. I'm gonna make uh, eye contact with Cindy. I didn't Cindy. say that. I didn't Cindy, say I that. Just, no, okay, okay, but I just, I do want to remind you, one of our priorities is to save as many lives as possible. Save, Cindy. Through Jesus's power, right? No. <laughs> save as as in keep them on the living side. Right, so then we can shoot the dead ones. 
Okay, you can shoot the dead ones. How about that? You can all of the dead people we find. You can pop around right into. Why did they give these to us if it wasn't to shoot something? That's all I've got to say. Don't you remember Agent Karen's first rule of operation was always have a gun? Who who is this directed at? Esme, right? Because she's wrong. (laughs) Um, Joe, want the stats for these guns that you have? I mean, we'll need them, right? No, we won't because you're not killing. We should get going. So we get on. We're we're gonna drive through Chicago traffic. So that'll take us about four hours to go pretty much anywhere. It is four o'clock now, and there's gonna be an hour drive from Chicago to where the Hollow Beam Array is. You're gonna reach it about five o'clock, seventeen hundred. The regular time that inspections happen. So are y'all gonna take both of these cars, or are you just gonna take one car? Um, Esme, are you willing to be in a vehicle with me? <laughs> Don't we have two vehicles? There is a sedan and a van. So we need someone to drive the other one anyways, so I'm fine. I'll drive the other one. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if maybe it would make sense to sort of bring both, but maybe not drive both to the facility. You know, so we have a getaway car if we, you know, escape the facility. I mean, there's radiation issues, obviously, right? So, like, what if... We, we don't know that. And they gave us all this radiation meds and okay, Geiger counters but... and stuff. So, like, I'm just wondering maybe if it makes sense to have a vehicle on the perimeter and then we all, you know, drive the last couple hundred meters or whatever um, in, in one vehicle. Uh, I'll also say that, you know, uh, like, if you uh, take two separate vehicles, whoever's driving couldn't be, like, on their laptop or on their cell phone trying to find out more about this place that you're going to. Um, That's true. And if you if you want to take both the vehicles inspector hua can drive one of them uh or if you want to take one vehicle she can drive that one and both of you could do research one of the fun things about having an npc there helping you is that you can have them do the boring things so you can do the more exciting things okay research more exciting Okay. Yeah, it's right. more exciting than driving. <laughs> I thought the most I exciting mean, would be me looking up stuff on my phone while driving. <laughs> um, that would that would be that would meet a specific definition of exciting, but I yeah. don't think I, we want that to happen. You know, I'll I will actually allow that, but you have to make oh, a drive Jeremy, check. Jeremy, come on, don't allow that. I mean, I knew people in college who played Pokemon regularly while driving in Birmingham traffic, so... Jeremy, you were that uh, person. <laughs> With, like a regular Pokemon, not Pokemon Go? Pokemon, since, like, the Game Boy Advance versions, I think, have a one-handed control scheme, so you can play the game with just one hand. And he knows this. Safe and secure. <laughs> so what do y'all want to do? Both? Both? I, I think maybe Jeremy seems to be pushing us into doing one one Let's vehicle, which one I'm car, fine with. I'm not pushing. I'm yeah, saying. it's fine, Jeremy. I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Let's take the van in case we need to evacuate people. All right, so you're both going to take the van. Who wants to drive? Well, apparently Inspector Hua, so that we can do the exciting research. Yeah, Inspector Hua will drive around. If you aren't driving, you can practice your cover identity, help the driver practice a cover identity, or go online and research the array or Olympian advances. Each effort is going to take 30 minutes, and you have an hour drive. Okay. Well, I think it makes sense to be like, all right, Inspector Hua, so we're supposed to be all pretending we're in the DOE, but you're actually in the DOE, right? Uh, yes. 
So what what are some things that we should do? So I think that's what I want to spend my 30 minutes on, talking to her okay. about how to be a DOE person. Uh, yeah, taking that time, the next charisma or persuade check that relies on your false ID will have a plus 20 bonus. Charisma nice. or what? Persuade. Okay. Uh, what about you, Esme? What are you doing this time? I am going to pop open my laptop and research a thing. Okay. What do you want to find out about? Maybe if I can find out anything more about exactly what this technology is, like maybe what they bought or some announcements or a Reddit thread on what's going on. Anything. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm like, Google it. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, make a bureaucracy bureaucracy role. Oh, hey, I'm actually good at this. Yeah, hey, I finally succeeded. There we go. Okay, so you find the, the array grounds that I just shared with you guys. Yep, I see uh, it. And I'm actually going to go ahead and take you to a map so that uh, you can go ahead and take a look at the layout of this place. Okay. So for those at home, there's a main building, and then uh, on the left and on the right, there's terminals, and then that's sort of the layout of the whole structure. And then on the, our map here on, on D20, we've got the main building, which has main building and then a security hut on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you find that, that the array was built two years ago by Olympian Advances. Not only did you find a scan of the blueprints that were registered with the county, you also find that the current research and engineering team at the array were directly involved in the facility's construction. Mm -hmm. okay. That uh, was the first 30 minutes of the drive. What do you want to do for the next 30 minutes? Well, maybe I should take a research stab. Okay. What, uh, what do I you want to research? Maybe if I can figure out uh, more about the, the company, like maybe what their type of investigations or work is on. The Olympian advances? Yeah. Okay. So you learned that Olympian is a privately held corporation with extensive ties to the U.S. military and to fellow USAF contractors like Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Uh, it is a subsidiary of a uh, uh, much larger and much more secretive company called March Technologies Incorporated, which seems to mainly de deal in computers and flight navigation. What's your intelligence? 15. Okay, uh, so you find that Olympian's founder, chairman, and majority shareholder is Curtis Schenk, a 74-year-old retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General. Uh, Schenk is best known for being one of the most highly decorated fighter pilots of the Vietnam era. His postings between 1980 and 2004 are all classified and highly restricted. Hmm. You want to keep trying to dig up more info? Yeah. Okay. Make a military science, bureaucracy, or accounting test. Turns out they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do... I thought you would have at least had bureaucracy. I mean, no. have bureaucracy. There, I, you know, I told you, Jeremy, before, I had no idea what I was doing when I filled this in. So okay. I'm going to do a so, counting. I'm real ooh, bad okay. at accounting. All right. As... Yeah, give yourself a check mark. That's an 85% out of 10. So you start digging around and you get a phone call. Uh, on which phone? On your phone. Who's it from? It is a uh, unknown number. Okay, I pick it up. Knock Hello? it off. 
Uh, it's Eve Carpenter on the other side. Now, immediately, that comes from the top, and then she hangs up. And she said, knock it off? Is that what she said? Yes, knock it off. So she wants me to knock somebody off. No. Someone with the acronym IT. No. Ooh, um, knock IT off? I mean, there's an no. IT group here, right? So oh. maybe she needs them all dead. <laughs> Let me see. Um... So what's Esme Ooh, doing? Is she Takagawa IT? He, that's also of a person. Of course, he on found here. one. There's two possible people though. There's right. Ishi Takagawa as an IT, and there's also the person in IT, Jing Fei Sang. So one of them is gonna have to die, I guess. That must be what that was about. <sighs> Alright, I don't know. I guess I'll practice my back, my cover story? Is that an option? Yeah, you can, you can do that. So you will also get a, uh, plus 20 on your next roll that uses your, uh, false ID. Okay. Uh, so... know that I was, I was looking at stuff? You have hacked your computer. Hacked my computer. Hack stores, the computer stores. back and listening that's why we're doing what we're doing we're having a lot of fun playing together but it's cool to see everyone who's enjoying it too if you like what you're doing we do still have other stuff out there john's got his website at jonathancush.com where you can read his research and film essays tabitha's got her store on etsy quiet nova up there and i've got my novel on amazon you can check out links to all of those in the episode's description if you're interested. And we'd really appreciate it if you went and take a look at it. I want to give a shout out to my people at Art Dream who made the awesome game we've been playing. And Ketza who made the intro and outro song Mission Ready. Uh, don't forget that you can reach us at membersofksl at gmail.com or tweet at us. up to the main building flash our badges we get in well, okay you're we're jumping sh- ahead no so. no i'm not done yet and then i want to shoot everybody <laughs> and then we leave that's it right that's all we got to do so the olympian hollow beam array sits by itself in the heart of a 16 acre woodland park on semi-rural county land outside the nearest city limits an unlabeled driveway leads into the woods past the sign that says authorized personnel only beyond the first warning sign the road winds back and forth through the woods for about 100 meters until it stops at a stout solid steel gate the gate too is unlabeled but for another authorized personnel only sign on either side of the gate a thick concrete wall stretches out into the woods uh, you can tell from the array grounds picture that uh, 
Esme uh, was able to find, it surrounds the eight acres of the facility proper. An external security hut stands outside the concrete wall next to the great gate. As you pull up, a professional-looking guard steps out of the gatehouse. Uh, he's wearing uh, the khaki uniform and tan Stetson hat of the Breckenridge Corporation. Uh, uh, he is a fit Hispanic man in his 40s. He comes out and says, uh, uh, hello, can I have ID? I'm gonna let, uh, the inspector Quo, uh, take the lead here. So, yeah, uh, she rolls the van's window down and passes over, uh, her DOE badge. The, uh, security guard looks inside and says, and, and I'm gonna need your IDs as well. I, uh, pass mine over. I also pass mine over. And then I pull out my gun and I shoot him in the head. No, I don't do that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so he, uh, he takes the IDs and goes back into the, uh, gatehouse. Y'all can make alertness checks. <laughs> nope, I am asleep. Alert. Give I'm, yourself a check mark. I'm also not a very alert yeah, person. Go ahead yeah. and give yourself both check marks. All right. Weird. So what? So so now what? After a few minutes, the guard comes back uh, and passes the IDs to Inspector Ron. Says, uh, "Okay, well you've been cleared the array," and he opens the gate. Right. I don't see any need to shoot him now. So I think uh, onward we go. I, I think we should head to the main building first. What Seems do you think? good. Do we want to park in the parking lot or drive into the main building? Well, beyond the gate, a, a short drive through the woods leads to the wide clearing in the array itself. Um, and you can see that the array is a cluster of plain concrete buildings and an intersecting set of 20 meter uh, long tubes. I'm sorry, 20 meter long tubes. There are not 20 tubes. <laughs> um, uh, the road from the gate ends at a small gravel parking lot outside the largest building. Uh, there, there are security cameras everywhere. Okay. Um, so there is the one main building. Uh, there is an attached storage building with a workshop. If you're looking at the array grounds map, the atrium there is a long concrete hut. Um, there is a 20 meter long tube, a meter thick, that leads from the atrium to a smaller concrete hut, and a pair of 20 meter long tubes, a meter thick, that lead from that center hut to the terminal hut. Uh, you're talking about the T-shaped structure over there on yeah, the right. Yeah, the, the T-shaped structure, correct. What distinguishes the atrium from the terminals? From the outside, they all look pretty much the same. Okay. You would have to, like, go to them and get inside to see what makes them different. Gotcha. Uh, when you pull up into the parking lot, another security guard dressed in the Breckenridge fashion comes out of the hut here. Security hut sounds like one of those places you would buy cameras for your house in the mall. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, she has a name badge on that says uh, simply Henson. And she says, oh... Uh, hello, um, may, may I see your ID? Sh sure, here's, here's my ID. So she and checks your ID and says, oh, uh, and takes it back into the security hut. And when she comes out, she gives it back to you and says, all right, yeah, uh, you're cleared to go inside. Stop okay, it. <laughs> I'm going to hang out by the door while I wait for my compatriots. Alright, I'm going to hand over mine as well. She clears all of your IDs and you're all able to go inside. 
I want to talk to the security guard for a quick sec. Yeah, go right ahead. Hey, so uh, so yeah, so we're here doing an do an inspection. Uh, did you guys just get up and running today? I'm not really allowed to talk about that unless you want to uh, talk with uh, Dr. Campbell. Okay, well I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll talk to Dr. Campbell later on. Uh, you had any uh, had any issues or uh, with the management or uh, you being treated okay here? Yeah, Breckenridge treats me well, but you're not hear about Breckenridge. Well, I mean, it's all part of the, you know, part of the inspection. You know, it's both facility and sort of, you know, operations. And you are a key part of operations here. So I just wanted to see how, you, how you're doing. Uh, yeah, she kind of crosses her arms and just says, well, uh, we're here to do a job and we do the job. Any symptoms of radiation poisoning? She says, well, I mean, there was that power surge. Oh, and yeah? Did, did that give you any symptoms of radiation poisoning? She kind of looks at you and says, there's nothing radioactive here. Okay, we'll go with that. And um, how are you feeling overall health-wise? She just kind of sighs and says, um, I'm not really here to talk to you about my personal health. No? You don't around think so? What, around what time would you say the uh, power surge happened? Uh, that was around 4. 4 o'clock today? Uh, yeah, it was at the end of your time with Carpenter. And y'all got driving around 4 o'clock. And since that time, have you experienced any feelings of teeth, nausea, uh, headache, sudden yeah. hair growth, anything like Four that? Or hair loss. Bleeding. Or hair loss. Bleeding. Can uh, you see your vision, skeleton? Glowing. Retinal detachment. <laughs> Have you miscarried today? <laughs> Does she answer any of these questions, Jeremy? <laughs> Uh, no, she's not. She just says, uh, you're here to talk to Dr. Campbell, right? Yeah, but we're talking I... to you right now, lady. <laughs> and you're being very evasive. <laughs> being very cagey. So Would tell you me. Would say that is typical for your personality, or is that new? <laughs> she just walks over <laughs> near the entrance of the building and says, you're cleared to go inside. <laughs> Well, you clearly want us to get out of your hair, which you haven't told us yet is falling out or not. So does it look like my hair is falling out? Yeah, I can't really tell. Readers, their hair is not falling out. (laughs) All right, I'm going to walk in the main door here. So I'm in the main entry, which apparently has a couple of couches in it. Seems pretty swank. For all right. Yeah. Are these like IKEA? Is this like IKEA furniture, Jeremy? <laughs> or is it like Nordstrom or or like White Market or other furniture company names which I know none of? Pa- paint me a picture, Jeremy. If it was a band, would it be Nine Inch Nails? What? No, it would not be. It would be They bought all of this furniture from Office Max and it shows Oh, we probably should have decided if we were bringing our guns in with us, right? Um, are you? I mean, I'm carrying my gear bags. I would assume that I've got my gun on me, but I guess we weren't. We never went through, like, a metal detector or anything. So I guess no one could know. It's possible that no one knows. Yeah, there's not a metal detector here, no. So here in the front room, you meet... Dr. Campbell. Is that the lady there? Yeah, she is a gray-haired African-American woman, stick-thin and steely, the director of the Olympian Hollow Beam Array. Uh, uh, and she says, ah, uh, welcome, inspectors, to the uh, Hollow Beam Array. Uh, I, I must confess that we weren't expecting an inspe- inspection today, but uh, if there's anything <laughs> that I or our staff can help you with, just 
uh, let us know. Uh, and laying on the couch over here in the corner, uh, you see a uh, elderly Japanese man asleep on the couch. Is he alive? He is asleep, which insinuates that he is alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened um, to this gentleman he's, here? He's tall, fit, uh, with white hair and beard. Um, I'm asking the conscious person what happened to him. Why is he not conscious? That's Dr. Takigawa. He was in the uh, atrium when the power surge struck and uh, was feeling a little woozy afterwards. So he's been resting since then. Hmm. I'm going to pull out my Geiger counter. Is he radioactive? He is not radioactive, no. Dr. Campbell like raises an eyebrow when she uh, sees you pull that out and says, there's nothing radioactive at this facility here. Why do you have a... I, I pull mine out and I just say, oh, we always have one. You know, always gotta be testing. That's that's our motto at the DOE. Mm-hmm. Always uh, gotta be testing. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Just checking. Just making absolutely 150,000% yeah. sure. That's fine. We, we get points every time we test something. So she's just trying to get up to the next level, really, you know. I get a free water bottle. So you mentioned something about a power surge. What was uh, what was that like? Um, well, uh, I I assume that there was just an issue at the energy company. Um, I'm not really quite sure what the cause was of it, but everything checked out here. So so what what happened when when you experienced this power surge? Uh, well, uh, we had a brief loss in power, but then the generator kicked back on and we were able to restore functionality. Was any of the equipment here damaged? Uh, no, luckily nothing uh, nothing was damaged. We have uh, we have uh, redundancy after redundancy to ensure that this uh, highly valuable equipment is protected. And she just laughs a little bit when she says that. What kind of equipment? Uh, it's this uh, fascinating, uniquely powerful technology that is able to, in real time, interpret the results from the experiments that we do here so that we don't have to wait weeks uh, we can just watch the progress of data collection as it happens and see the computer's interpretations in real time and what manner of experiments precisely the lasers in the atrium are built to detect changes in space time that may in- indicate that space itself is in a sense illusory a projection in three dimensions of an underlying two-dimensional reality So the computer analyzes the data gathered by the lasers and presents it as information comprehensibly. Uh, It does all of the heavy lifting. And it's so smart that you can simply ask it questions and get meaningful answers. Hmm. Jeremy, I've I've got a DM question here. Yes. So so as someone who knows a little bit but not much about this some of the like actual science in this area, should we uh, just assume that this is like fine or should we like critique it on its face? What do you mean? I mean it doesn't make any fine. damn sense. But I don't know You're if that's right. just it... because it doesn't if it doesn't like and that's just like cuz it's a science fiction element of the story or like is it something that we should interrogate? So, I mean, you could interrogate more if you want to understand more. Okay. 
So, Miss Campbell, what what is your hope that that you all will find? You know, what what are the implications of the research you're doing here? Uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to just delve into and get a deeper understanding of uh, reality itself. There is a strange theory in physics called the holographic principle. It's the idea that the three-dimensional universe is a sort of holographic reflection of the two-dimensional surface of reality of the cosmological horizon. Uh, that space and matter are merely illusory projections from the boundaries of the universe. Um, we have attempted in the past to find physical evidence, but those have failed. Um, but this time we're using this uh, this new technology to try to find evidence for this particular theory. Okay, I mean, but but don't doesn't like the discovery of gravitational waves have like huge implications for whether or not this con- construct uh, th- th- this particular theory has any foundation? Uh, well, I mean. It- it does, uh, and we're taking those uh, discoveries into account as well. Okay, because okay, right. You you are aware of what gravitational waves are, right, Miss Campbell? Um, yes, they were discovered when the two uh, black holes revolved around each other and consumed each other. Yes, in a facility that looks very similar to the one that we're currently sitting in. Um, and uh, yeah, so so in that case, they were looking at lasers and and uh, you know the time it takes to you know for the lights to return and all this other stuff. And it sounds like you guys are trying to do something similar to try and identify this holographic projection is is that if if you're more interested in the science then i'm certain that our researcher uh uh, Dr. Campbell or Dr. Black would be more than happy to get into the uh, Isn't your details. name Dr. Campbell? I'm, I'm sorry, did I say Dr. Campbell? Uh, Dr. Black or Dr. Klinger uh, would be happy to uh, get into that with you, but um, okay. I, all right. there, well, uh, have you had you do any understand other... that we're running the, the experiments right now and that we're getting fascinating results that we want to, ex- that we're trying to extrapolate on, so... Well, that's that's that is quite good for you and your organization. Uh, have you had any other incidents besides the power surge? See, maybe ten, eleven o'clock this morning. I mean, well, ten o'clock is when we finally powered up our experiments. So, but no, I don't think that we've had any uh, <clears throat> any issues since then. No flickering lights, unexplained screaming, things of that nature. Um, no, uh, we've been <laughs> just redu- reviewing our data for several hours. All right. And I show. I'm going to show her the picture of the organization chart and say, are, are these the only employees who are here today? The the ones listed here. Um. Yes. That's uh. Uh. That's everyone here. Uh. Joe and Herbert and Maria are off today, but everyone else is here. Joe, Herbert, and Maria. So we saw Henry when we came in, and Karen here outside the main building. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Right. And are they armed? I don't actually ask that. <laughs> <laughs> did we, no- uh, did you, we notice when, if they were armed? Yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely noticed that they were armed. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they suspiciously armed or just security level yeah. armed? Um, they are security level armed. So just like a sidearm and a taser or something like that? They have a small pistol and a nightstick. All right. Uh, what else do y'all want to talk to her about? Um, 
I was going to ask her about uh, Takagawa. So, you know, how, how long has he been uh, resting? Uh, a couple hours now. Have, uh, have you had him looked at? Do you, do you have anyone with medical training? Uh, did you think about taking him to the hospital? Um, no, he's he's fine. He's just He just needed a little rest. It, it was just stress, and he's fine. I th- but we, you said it was related to the power surge. I think he just was feeling a little woozy. Uh, I mean, we followed protocols. He's fine. Well, my uh, uh, my associate here is a trained medical professional. If uh, you wouldn't mind by, her, by all means, go right ahead. If you want to take a look at him, Esme, I don't know if you would want to. But I'm gonna slap on some blue gloves and give him a very <laughs> unnecessarily thorough examination. Okay, we'll make a first aid roll. Forty against the sixty-two, so you pass. There you go. Uh, so uh, you find that he seems healthy and shows no sign of concussion or neurological damage. Uh, but he's also not a sleep. Uh, there's none of sleep's deep breathing or rapid eye movement. Uh, he's just seems to be remaining unconscious. Ooh, that is super bad for your brain, though. Yeah, well, I guess I wouldn't know this unless Esme told me anything. So. Alright, I'm gonna stand up and, uh, I'm gonna say, okay, so, um, he's not asleep. He's unconscious, which is specifically different, and he should probably go see a doctor. No, he'll be fine. He just needs some rest. Are you a well, doctor? Are you? Yes. I thought you were Department of Energy. I can't be both? When did that become a law? <laughs> yeah, it does seem a little weird that she seems not particularly concerned about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I don't... He just needs some time to rest. Uh, no. Uh, please, <laughs> let me introduce you to the rest of our staff, though. Or if I would like you, for you uh... to call an ambulance for this gentleman. So I'm going to pull Esme aside and say, so, right, no, I, I definitely think we should get this guy help. But, like, obviously she's being cagey. But I'm gonna, maybe if I talk to some of the other people, we talk to some of the other people, then they'll give us a sense of what caused him to be unconscious. I mean, it's possible it's something that we can't fix. And if we get an ambulance to show up here and it turns out that he's got a demon in him or whatever, then, you know, that's a problem as well. So, so maybe we should collect a little bit more information. I'm uncomfortable with that. Well. I mean, you this can stay with them. Severe brain no, no. I mean, I, no. I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't stay with him and you shouldn't still be advocating for him getting help. But maybe I should go and see if I can get some better information. Okay, I'm okay with that. Sure, Miss Campbell. Uh, why don't you lead the way to introduce us to some other people? I'm not going to point out that Esme is going to stay behind. A uh, young man walks into the room and she says, "Ah, Evan, just in time. Uh, please show these agents around to help them finish their inspection." so they can leave quickly. Hello, Evan. My name is Cindy. How are you today? He is 42 years old, a wiry Caucasian man with nervous eyes. He kind of looks down at Dr. Takigawa, and then he looks back up at you guys and says, oh, uh, hello. Um, I'm Evan Kozak. I'm the junior engineer here. Uh, uh, how, how can I help you? Uh, we're here from the Department of Energy. We're here for an inspection, so uh, we'd like to inspect. Uh, also, we had heard that you guys had a uh, uh, energy surge earlier, so uh, hoping that we can, you know, maybe identify the cause of that or if there was any issues with facility related to that. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to show you around and help you get bearings. I'll show you around. So, What does Inspector Huey have to say to that, Jeremy? Um, she's just been kind of listening this, uh, time and, you know, nodding her head. She seems pretty concerned about 
the uh, Dr. Takagawa as well, but is following y'all's lead as far as what needs to be done. She doesn't uh, really have anything to add at this moment. Uh, Okay. Well, lead on, Evan. It's 5.30, so we're trying to put up? Yeah, I want to get a clock going. Um, Is time going to reset or something? It's going to, like, Majora's Mask? Yeah, exactly. You figured it out. You figured out my time puzzle. There. Nice big clock. That way y'all know exactly what time it is. It's about 5.30 now. So, yeah, Evan will lead the way. He will say, um, okay, so, yeah, what are you here to inspect again? Everything everything okay well um let's let's start this way so uh and he'll lead you out this door to the north where you have this long hallway down and he'll point down the hallway that is the the workshop that that's where we go to uh, work on different things if uh, there's any maintenance that we need to do we can pull the machinery and work on it luckily we haven't had to do that yet but we're you know we're prepared in case there is any sort of issue with the lasers inside the atrium. There's a couple of portable clean rooms that we have there because the uh, buildings with the lasers are very, very sensitive. So anytime we need to go inside uh, those buildings, you know, you want to be suited up and attach the clean room for at least an hour or so before uh, going inside the array. And then he'll say, okay, uh, yeah. And then this way is my and Takigawa's office. I point uh, to the closet here and I say, "What? What's in here?" Oh, that's a closet. Just a little, like, sort of mud room for if you're going in and out that way. Uh, we just keep various supplies inside there. Okay. Then you said this here is your office. Yeah, this is my Takigawa's office. Uh, how's he doing, by the way? You look like he's a little bit under the weather. Yeah, you know, we had that power surge earlier. We were both inside uh, the atrium when that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, I found them inside there. He came around, but uh, I couldn't really understand what he was trying to tell me. And uh, then he, I think he just had a little, you know, a little stress uh, and just needed a little break. So, so, so you, so, sorry, I, you... You were both in the atrium together when well, the search no, happened? I, I, I wasn't in the atrium. I just found them after the power surge. And, and he was conscious then? Well, no, he was taking a nap. But when I woke him up, uh, he, he, like, he just said, I couldn't really understand what he was trying to say. But I brought him here and he's just resting. He'll be fine. Oh, okay. I totally believe you. <laughs> Were you in clean rooms? Uh, clean clean suits then? Yeah, um, he was uh, tinkering, uh, trying to fine-tune some of the equipment inside the atriums. Onward and upward, my friend. You are very believable, Mr. Evans. So this is... Uh, the bathroom? Uh, well, yes, that's the bathroom. But then we also have Dr. Klinger and Dr. Black's office right here. They're the researchers for this uh, particular project. Uh, they did a lot of the the theory behind uh, this particular experiment. So, uh, And you look inside and there is a pudgy white man with salt and pepper beard and thinning hair, Dr. Philip Black. And he says, oh, hello, how are you doing? Hello, 
he stands up from his desk where he's been uh, poring over some printouts. He comes out and he walks into the hall and he sees Esme's or no Esme's. Did, have you just stayed there with Takigawa? I called an ambulance. So yeah, he he walks out and when he turns the corner and sees you there, Cindy, he kind of like startles a little bit. No, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, just some weird deja vu. Uh, I'm I'm uh, Doctor Black. <laughs> What? Hi, Dr. Black. This is Inspector Hua. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, Jeremy. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's all, that's all they have for each other. Um, yes, uh, can can I help you? Well, we're doing an inspection, uh, checking in on all the equipment, as well as, you know, all of your working conditions. So, uh, how, how long have you been here? Um, well, I've been with this facility since, uh, well, since construction began, really. We've just been uh, tweaking everything, making sure everything's good to go, and we're, we're excited to finally get the project up and running and, uh, start getting results, so. Mm -hmm. So what, what, uh, when do you expect to be able to have everything up and running? Oh, well, everything's already up and running. We turned it on this morning. And have you started uh, started seeing results come in? He starts sweating a little bit when you say that, and he says, "Well, uh, you know, um, we've we've started getting some things. We're still interpreting them. It's uh, it's fascinating." Really? Do go on. Oh, I'm not uh, there. <laughs> yeah, do, I'm sorry. do go on. <laughs> do go on though you know it just seems uh we're starting to see some results that the lead credence to our theory but you know uh, more testing is needed <laughs> and and your theory being the idea that uh space is two dimensions is that one well, I, I, that's one way that you could interpret that theory uh, that's what yes. dr campbell seems to seems to be saying evan kozak just kind of coughs a little bit and says um uh if uh if you don't mind i'd like to keep uh showing you around and then perhaps you could come back and talk to dr black later that way i could continue with my work well i mean Do dr black uh, you know seemed to seem to want to you know not be interrupted more than once i'm sure i'm sure right dr black well you know it'll just take a few minutes okay well um i'm gonna keep showing inspector hua around you can catch up if you'd like okay he leads inspector hua down through that door so um uh, dr black leads you into his research office uh, and says, ah, please sit down. And you see these uh, notes that he has put on little sticky pads next to his desk where he is uh, going over these printouts. Okay, you should be able to see them now. Alright, I see them. So, okay. first one says, beyond space, time or source? Space time, question, question. Flutes, drums, high energy, low energy, what does that really represent? And then the other one says D, D-E-E, -E, patterns, awareness, question mark, and then something that's blacked out. So I see these oh. notes. Yeah, you see those. They're kind of posted up ab above his desk where he's been poring over these printouts. He sits down with you and says, uh, we could immediately tell that we're seeing incredible results. Yeah, we hope that the computer would detect completely random jitters from the array of beams, holographic white noise confirming the jittering of space. But instead, it almost immediately detected coherent, high-frequency, and low-frequency signals. 
signals. Um, the computer recorded those signals and made graphs of the patterns of data. Uh, it translated the patterns and the sounds that were not white noise, but high-pitched tones and low pulses, like musical notes emerging from static. Those patterns, those tones, they're fascinating. Like, we looked for interference from the environment or damage to the system, but we didn't find anything. What does it mean? That's the part we'll probably try to figure out for years to come. But it's a glimpse at the underlying fabric of reality. It's like all we can think about. Huh. So, uh, and, and if, if you, have you listened to the, these patterns? Yes. Yeah. Our computer can, like, it's such an amazing computer. Like, you can just ask it to do something and it'll do it for you. So I asked it, hey, what do these tones sound like if we were to listen to them? And it made the sound for us. And, you, and, and did everyone listen to it? Yes. We all listened to it. So your your partner here in the the science group, uh, Dr. Klinger, is that right? Yes. Uh, where is he right now? Uh, she, um, you know, uh, I'm sure she's working hard somewhere. Uh, oh, but you're is she in this building? Uh, somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, I've I've been kind of focused on my own work. What what is uh so what is it that that she kind of what part of this project is hers? Well, she's uh the physicist and senior researcher. She and I kind of work together to come up with the mechanism of the experiment. Where do you think would be a good place to look for her? You know, I would think that she'd be here in the office, but um, I don't know. Maybe she's in the kitchen eating something. Eating something. That was a, a funny time. Yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, it's it's dinner time. I'm starting to get kind of hungry myself. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I had some really great pizza earlier. Um, it was not great. I mean, it would be great, except that, well, I mean, <laughs> it had salmon on it. What is that? Sauerkraut. How does that make you feel? See, maybe he has a pizza here. Let's see what sort of pizza he has. <laughs> oh, God, so why? it's a, he's eating at his desk. It's a whole wheat pizza with red sauce. It's okay. got smoked gouda, white onions, and Great salmon. Bar. <laughs> Why does everything have salmon on it? <laughs> All three pizzas had salmon. Something you try in to the justify bad decisions up. with a light sprinkling of good. Yep. You prefer things that are tried and true, but you are also popular, pungent, and a health nut. Pungent, I can believe about this guy. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to debate if I should kill him. What do you think, Esme? Because he's obviously in infected with the, the unsound or whatever this music is I don't know. <laughs> do are there silencers for our guns jeremy uh there are not silencers did i no. carry a pillow with me uh did you i don't know is are there, there any a pillow on is there a pillow in this guy's office no. uh there is not no mm, all right there's always couch oh. cushions but maybe i'll i'll head over to the kitchen so do you i'm want gonna talk talk to this guy anymore before you murder him or no i mean i don't i don't think i'm gonna talk to him anymore right now but i'm also not gonna murder him right now so esme let's switch over to you so you've been here in the uh main entry with dr takagawa mm-hmm. um is there anything in particular you're trying to do or i mean i'm gonna see uh, if he responds to anything at all if there's any like does he flinch when i pinch his face really hard does he respond to sound at all um anything any response 
there is no response at all. Uh, right, like, cool. he is still just, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, shouting at him, pinching him, those sorts of things that, like, you can normally use to wake someone up. You, like, even get something out of your medical kit to try to bring him around. And yeah. even that doesn't no. seem to have uh, no, any effect on him at all. He's not unconscious. He's not asleep, rather. He's unconscious, which is very different and super bad. Um, like, And he's been unconscious this whole time and has been since the power surge. Uh, this guy has some serious brain damage and might not wake up. So, I, I mean, I already can't call the ambulance as soon as they walked out of the room. I'm like, yeah, no, this guy needs medical attention. So I'm really just waiting for that to happen. I'm gonna get him sent on his way okay. to a hospital. I do want to remind you, uh-huh. I'm not gonna stop you from calling the ambulance if that's what you want to do, but Carpenter did say to try to contain everything. Okay, um, but she what, also what said it? to save as many people as possible, and if he's got some brain shit happening, then he's not going to be saved by and, leaving him on a couch in an office. I mean, I'll just tell them that he had some kind of an episode, and now we can't wake him up. I'm not gonna say, hey, we were pretty sure that they're ripping a hole in the fabric of space-time. But I'm he, not gonna tell he that. A, he's got a demon in him. When he wakes up we and the only thing know. he's speaking is Latin, then they're gonna figure it out. They won't speak <laughs> Latin, they'll just assume he's having a seizure or something. No one speaks Latin anymore. At okay. two Berte. <laughs> okay, uh, why don't you roll 3d6? Who, Why? Who's, who's doing this? I uh, am, apparently. For what? Who knows? Okay. Speaking of uh, So after 10 minutes, Karen Henson, the security guard, walks in and turns to you and says, uh, there's an ambulance at the front gate. Yep, let him in. She goes back out to the hut and calls Henry, the other guard. And after another minute or two, a couple paramedics come in and they say, oh, what? So what's going on here? Um, I'm not sure. This gentleman had some kind of an episode and we can't wake him up and he's not responding to any physical stimuli at all. They go through all of the uh, questions, you yeah. know, general interview questions that they have, and then they'll... So they give them Narcan? I mean, as a precaution, probably. What's Narcan? It's the, um... It's the nasal I... spray that prevents you from, um... Uh, from getting a, an overdose. Yeah. It pulls you out um, of an overdose. I assume it won't do anything to this guy, but... Probably not, but... Yeah, is it a stimulant? Well, it, it, uh, it re... What it does is it, um, is it resets your neurotransmitters in your brain. So if there's some sort of brain disorder that led to him going into this, it might have an effect on, on his, uh, on his conscious state. Okay. Yeah, no, that doesn't have, uh, any impact on him. Mm. Uh, they strap him to the stretcher and roll him out. Alright, I'm going to go okay. uh, out into the hallway and go to the workshop, I guess. Investigate that. The workshop has per- like the same sorts of things that Evan described to everyone else. There's the two portable clean rooms as well as some workbenches and some tools uh, with which one could work on delicate machinery. You're not finding anything strange or untoward in there. Oh, can I get a check mark for that? I tried uh, to no, search. No, because I didn't ask you to roll it. Well, that's not fair. 
fair. <laughs> rolled a search test. 93 versus 42. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty bad, but I still feel like I should get something. Yeah. Anyways, there's nothing in here, apparently. So I kind of heard Cindy, because I assume they didn't like shut a door after them, going right. off and interviewing other people. So I'm going to assume that she's doing that still. And I'm going to go outside and see if I can inspect the um, uh, array itself, maybe. Are you wanting to check out the atrium or like the different splitters and all of that? I'll look at the atrium first. Okay, so it is a concrete building about four meters wide and 20 meters long and 3 meters high. Uh, Do y'all see the uh, new things that I put in roll 20 under the uh, 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 standing uh, orders, objection rules, that type of stuff? Yeah, I just figured that those might be uh, useful for you guys to have. Um, We will probably never read these, thank you. Well, it's there for you if you want it. Um, (laughs) Is this going to be one of those, it's optional for you to read it, but you're going to need it in a future game things, Jeremy? So it's like how the game works so if you don't care how the game you're playing works you don't have to read it um the standing orders are just like uh like good rules of thumb for uh going through the different investigations but again you can just do whatever you want because that's what y'all been doing i mean um, is that disappointment in your voice jeremy <laughs> of all people of all people to be upset by other people not playing by the rules, Jeremy. Jeremy. I mean, those aren't rules. The standing orders are not rules. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, was there anything that y'all wanted to follow up on from last time? Uh, um, I I have one thing that I'd like to follow up on. Um, yes. Do you know where Do you know where my laptop charger is? Uh, I'm looking at it. Yeah, let me <laughs> bring that to it, you. We might need that. <laughs> I just realized this is not plugged in, and it is too old for that. It will not last very yeah. long. At a certain point, laptops, like all of us, will need to be connected to juice. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I, too, will eventually need to be plugged in all of the time, or I will die. <laughs>